Welcome to Rappin' P.E. This is the beginning of Season 2. Today we're going to talk with Dr. Stephen R. Fleming, who teaches at a high school in Northwest Philadelphia. Today I have the pleasure of discussing script writing. We're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about why we should do it and how it does connect with health and phys ed, and specifically with decision-making and scenarios that you might find yourself in. In addition to that, the main reason why I invited him to the show was to discuss Behind the Eyes of Our Youth. It's a unique podcast that he gave his students the opportunity to control. So he does the production aspects, and his students use class time, like once a week, to create a podcast that specifically talks about topics that they deal with. I think this is a beautiful idea that does showcase the everyday life as well as many circumstances or situations that students living in Philadelphia face and it's a great platform for teachers who may be new to teaching in Philadelphia or specifically teachers that tend to come from a white background that are teaching in a precarious environment where they're the minority, and the students tend to be from black or Afri- African-American communities or Latinx communities, something that's just not similar to their demographic. Um, as we'll discuss in the podcast, how it's a form of assimilation. So as an example, you all know that I'm a white male cisgender educator. I teach in Northwest Philadelphia. Um, with predominantly black youth and it's not you trying to assimilate the student to the school it's you trying to assimilate to the community and have a real understanding of what's going on so that you can be the best educator you can so i totally recommend checking out behind the eyes of our youth checking out dr stephen r fleming's blog post as well i'll put links to those in the description but most importantly for season two and one, I will apologize for the long intro. I'm trying to cut these down, but it's the beginning of season two. What I want to do with season two is have more discussions with local educators. I want to start working with teachers that aren't within the health and phys ed realm so that we can start talking about different pedagogies, how precarity impacts what we do, and give you a real insight to what it's like to teach in Philadelphia and how you can find success and how it's a very unique experience, but it's extremely rewarding if you put the work in. Well, if you remember, let's wait for that beat to drop. Here we go. All right. Welcome to Rappin' P.E., I'm Stephen Buller, as you can find me on Twitter, Beer Drip Buller. Today I have Dr. Stephen Fleming, who we came across paths on Twitter. He does some amazing things in the Northwest section of Philadelphia. We're both Philly public ed teachers. And I'll say public ed again because you know my rants lately on Twitter. But today I want to do a mix up. He is not a health and phys ed teacher. And that is totally okay because that's 
kind of that connection we need to start making. So today we're going to talk a little about little bit about pedagogy and promoting student voice and providing a space for expression because it is very important for students to really kind of become self-actualized or individuals in society that are going to push things forward to giving them a voice in the classroom because if they can't develop their voice, what's their voice going to sound like when they're adults? So Steve, do you want to take it off? Introduce yourself, maybe tell us a little sure. bit about yourself before we well, go on. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, sir. Um, glad to be with you. Glad to be in a position to expound on some of the things that we do in the classroom um, from an ELA standpoint with, with my phys ed colleague, health and phys ed colleague. Um, so this is my 14th year in the district, 10 years at the elementary level, four years at the high school level. Um, and um, I love what I do. <laughs> Glad to be here to, to talk about teaching and learning. We can talk about that ad nauseum. So I'm grateful for this opportunity to, to be with you. Well, I guess I was searching through your blog. So in the extra information you're going to find in the Spotify or wherever you find this podcast, Apple, Google, whatever, um, he has a great blog post and there's a specific article that he wrote called advocating for social justice through script writing. This caught my eye earlier this week when I was kind of reviewing for this and there's some parallels there with what we do in the health classroom. So what does script writing, what is it and what does it look like in ELA? Like how does this actually work? So, um, it actually is just what, what it sounds like. So the uh, reflecting back on the last project I did um, with the students a year or so ago, yeah, last year actually, um, right before schools were shut down, um, it, inv it involved the students actually writing a script. And, and in this particular assignment, writing a script that identifies expounds upon and either attempts to solve some social justice issue or leaves the audience wanting to work toward a solution for some social justice issue. That's what the project ended up being. Um, it didn't quite start out that way. Um, you know, I was teaching a drama class and with the students, we co-created the curriculum a little bit since this is my first time actually teaching, you know, the, a, a drama class in particular. Um, but yeah, it started off with just script writing. And then as the project developed, we became, you know, more uh, social justice advocates, so to speak. And then, like I said, the project evolved with student participation, student input into and the identification of expounding upon and solving of some social justice problem. So they actually worked on it all year, actually, um, which was unintentional. It just happened to be that way. And um, it was just that character setting plot. So some of the elements from the traditional English classroom, we brought over into the um, drama classroom, especially since most of them were the exact same students. Just, you know, Philadelphia and certain high schools, we have A and B days. So the B days were the drama days. And they were the exact same students for the most part from the A-Day English days. So um, it was originally supposed to be an extra period of English, but 
my position was if you're telling me it's a drama class, then it's going to be a drama class because they, they, they get 90 minutes of, uh, of me with the, with the traditional English stuff. So let's make English a little bit more interesting by actually doing drama, by writing, by identifying uh, uh, complex characters, by developing complex characters, by developing plot, by solving problems through our writing. So that's kind of how that project went. And there were some excellent, excellent um, projects that came out of that. Any number, any, any issue that, we, that they identified, they attempted to solve. That's a nice rundown of that. Um, I find it very relatable because in, in a standard health class, there's skits. And a lot of times they're already made up by teachers and then the students have to act them out. Yeah. But like, as I was reading this, I was like, I kind of wish I was in high school again, because this would be a perfect time to connect with your ELA teacher, mm-hmm. and create some cross curricular gems, especially with the uh, climate we're in and kind of the pushing towards more social justice, which mm-hmm. should be done. And it should be kind of school-wide and that like community build together. I'm jealous I'm not teaching high school anymore. So <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. I've done it in elementary. So like I said, I spent 10 years there. Um, I was trying to remember actually some of the last projects. It had, it had been a while. Um, you know, my first several years at the elementary level, I was teaching sixth grade. So you kind of plan for generally the same types of things every year before going down to third grade, fifth grade, you know, before things started getting mixed up a little bit. Um, but we did uh, script writing at the elementary level. And if I'm recalling correctly, I think some of the things that I had them do was to actually take a script and rewrite it for a more modern day twist and outlook and take. Those were some of the things that I remember doing with them. Like it's been a little while, but I do remember doing that, actually taking a script, rewriting it, new characters, new setting, 21st century language, that sort of thing. Um, I don't recall if I had them do original scripts. I have my old lesson plans. I can go back and take a look. Um, But yeah, I do remember doing doing things like that. How you're describing it, breaking it down, it's giving me some ideas to use in the future, probably next year when we actually have students in the building. Mm-hmm. But I could always remember when we would do skits and do like scenes and role playing through like certain social situations. The mm-hmm. high school, they would go wild for it because it's just like a moment for them to perform on a stage. Yes. <laughs> and it would turn into a full class period of just kids wiling out for their mm-hmm. scripts and then getting into these deep discussions on like what happened. Yeah. What should we do differently? What would you do in this situation? Right. Exactly. So fun. This is kind of perfect. Yeah, and it's fun. You're learning while actually doing something and you're not bored exactly. out of your mind staring mm-hmm. at the board or now a computer screen. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Which, if you're hearing me, fellow health and physical educators in Philly, you should be connecting with some of your departments. And yes, the other department should be connecting with you because we just kind of showcased a little bit that there is interconnectedness between the subjects and that is probably the most important thing to really push quality education and kind of reinforce a lot of the stuff that everybody is teaching 
you're pretty much teaching the same things, just a different style or twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of brought me to the main one, why I contacted you. Um, behind the eyes of our youth. I don't even know how I came across you, whether it was through like the PHL ed hashtag or whatever, it popped up and that was eye-opening. Um, so where did this idea come from? Because basically behind their eyes of use is a student-centered podcast, which has been awesome to listen to. That it is. So um, this year we're teaching one of those other like, English type classes. Um, so drama last year, this year communications, which is actually a dual enrollment class with one of our local universities. So like I said, we were given a we were given a communications syllabus from this university. And it was designed for a 16-week traditional college semester. We have a year, we have 10 months. So I thought to put together some ideas of how we can expand our study of communications to be more than just speech giving and speech analysis and rhetorical analysis. So I had an idea for starting, you know, a newsletter, a podcast, and I wanted to pitch the ideas to the students. The podcast went caught on, the newsletter did not. <laughs> um, and so pitched the idea to them. They liked the idea. So then from there, I said, well, it'll be completely you. I don't want my voice on it at all. So let's decide on the name of our podcast. Few ideas created Google Forms for them to vote on the ideas that they submitted. They chose Behind the Eyes of Our Youth. Um, We then had a discussion on whether or not our podcast would have a singular focus or not. There was actually quite a bit of discussion about that before we finally concluded that, no, we'll just keep it general. And if people are interested in moderating specific episodes, then that's where, you know, their particular you know, uh, I guess idiosyncratic type passions um, will come in 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 terms of um, leading those particular episodes of the podcast. So that's how it got started. And we've dived right in it um, and with the goal of learning as we went. And we are doing that, learning as we go, trying to get better as we go. And so, yeah, that's how it started. Back in, in October, if I'm not mistaken, October 2020. Do you think it's been easier to do this because we are virtual or is this something do you think would be more difficult just to even fathom doing in person? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And the short answer is yes. I do think it's (laughs) easier to do now that we're virtual because I know nothing about podcasting. So just to be upfront, you know, before this, before, before doing it with the students, hadn't created one was slightly interested in creating one. You know, I had a goal of doing one, I think two years ago, never got off the road, didn't think my first podcast would be with students or their first podcast that I'm kind of behind the scenes producing and editing. Um, but yeah, I do think it's easier because I, I don't know anything about the equipment. I mean, I would have done the research. I believe our school has a partnership with, um, I don't know if I want to say the name, but with one of our local nonprofit uh, radio stations, which is only really not too many of them. So we kind of figure out who it is. Um, but I don't know the extent to which it, I don't know that the podcast would have been what it is if we were in person as opposed to being virtual. 
And if I'm going to teach the class next year and it looks like that, I, I need to begin to think about what that will look like. It's, it's been like a gift and a curse with virtual. I feel like students find it easier to be more open just because of the context in which you and I both have experiences teaching. Mm-hmm. It can be extremely intimidating being open and honest. Yes. Even if you set up a good classroom environment. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I've had some amazing conversations with elementary kids virtual mm-hmm. last year that was hard to even like scrape the surface. Mm -hmm. So I imagine just alone having the virtual aspect has been for the deep level of conversations that have happened in this podcast. Like it's amazing, but Mm -hmm. then it's also kind of very sad that many of our students may not ever really feel that comfortable to be that expressive in person. That's a good point. Um, I, and, and I don't disagree at all. I'm just thinking about some of the conversations we did have in person, and they are classic behind the eyes of our youth podcast topics with some of the classes. I'll put it that way. With some of the classes, um, very classic. I'm, I'm thinking right now of some of the B-Day, Drama Day conversations we'd have that we, um, you know, one of the aspects of that, of the B-Day, Drama Days was what I'd show films, and, and we generate a great deal of discussion and assignments based off of some of the films we'd see. And some of those conversations were heavy. Um, and and I would, as opposed to, you know, I, the podcast idea hadn't come to me, but I would go back and actually journal about some of the discussions that we had because I did not want to forget those moments. Um, perhaps that was the impetus, and I didn't even realize it, you know, the subconscious impetus for starting it to actually in fact one of the episodes of the podcast was a random conversation that i just started hitting record because i knew it would be good the one about hair black hair i knew it would be good and i did not want to miss it and it did not disappoint (laughs) which that one i will also make sure that i post a link to that online as well because if you're not familiar with teaching in an urban environment. And if you specifically do not have experiences working with the black community, there are so many underlying experiences that the students have that many people like myself, a white male don't have a clue about unless you actually get to know your students and have those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is a great point or a great uh, podcast to check out just to kind of have that understanding of if you are going to go work in a community where you're a white person and it's predominantly black, you should know the culture. You should know the neighborhood. You should know the people. You should know the norms and you should relearn those. It's you're assimilating to that environment. You're not assimilating the students to your environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. Absolutely. Very well said. Thank you. Um, which my next question was well, actually, wasn't no i was just gonna agree with you with like the conversation thing because i remember specifically at high school there mm-hmm. were specific classes we could have some amazing conversations mm-hmm. next class comes in <laughs> and you're like this is a conversation day, oh my bro. goodness yes exactly it's a hundred minute block oh yeah it's like we're gonna sit here in silence and like, and i had one class that definitely did too complete time no matter what 
And I knew I can count on two of the three periods, two of the three blocks to, to converse. But yeah, that one, nothing. <laughs> Not that they have anything to say, because some of them were turning some great writing pieces. I guess that's how they chose to communicate um, with me. But uh, yes, I can I can relate. That actually reminded me of one. Um, we did like, because we're talking about relationships and communicating. Mm-hmm. See people, how this relates back and forth here. It's just you guys have to start connecting with each other. Um, so we did this speed dating thing on like heavy duty topics and we'd like mm-hmm. go around and then we'd pause it and then we'd have an open discussion for the class and then they would just get up and flip. So it was like a speed dating where okay. you one group on this side, one group on that side, mm-hmm. one class crickets. <laughs> Next class, it sounded like you were, I don't know, it, Speed all, dating, like or like an actual speed dating where people are into it, and you're just yes. like, oh, this is really cool. Yes, yes. And then another class pops in, and you're just like, "What's going on? Come on, just <laughs> consistency." And then, which class are we being observed with? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hey, that that actually that lesson I did get observed on, ironically, but one class came in, and the kid who was, uh, we'll just say routinely in trouble mm. his entire tenure there it was like the one class where he like took the show and i'm like oh thank god just yes. showed up for me god, no, showed up right. for me today and that's always the one interesting thing when you get observed sometimes it'll be the hardest kids that you work with mm-hmm. will show up for you on those days absolutely every single time i love it but i guess the next important question would be how does your class manage the project? So like, what are the roles? Who's producing it? Where did like the music and the background music or sound come from? Like, since you said you're not doing it, mm-hmm. how does this, how do you get those roles set up? Is mm-hmm. it just like volunteer? Is it rotational? How's that work? Good question. So um, the topics they come up with. So I'll initiate um, a Google form I've lately call it, you know, gathering interest form or something like that. And they just respond to it with whatever it is that they want to talk about. Um, I'll take, I'll then take those and put it back out to the class for them to vote, for them to, you know, commit to a final vote for a particular topic to talk about. Um, from there, Lately, one of the things that we've learned, um, and this is based on feedback that I got from the class when I put out a survey earlier in the year asking, you know, how do you think the class is going? What do you think we could do better? And a lot of the feedback we got was making the podcast more organized. So with that, we started having what I'm calling, you know, production meetings uh, or, you know, uh, uh, moderator meetings, whatever we're calling them beforehand we were actually organizing one who's interested in moderating the discussion two what questions do we want to ask that will stir up conversation so we're actually thinking about these ahead of time as opposed to just flying off the cuff um who's going to be the one that's going to answer particular or, or ask um the class particular questions and initiate the discussion um who's going to close, who's going to moderate the chat, who's going to read the chat comments, who's going to look for hands that are raised, things like that. So we actually laid it all out in a Google Doc, shared a Google Doc with those who expressed the interest in moderating the discussion. And then on recording days, which generally are on the Friday, half-day Fridays, 
Um, and then because our class meets on the B days, so that's like every other Friday, roughly, even though we don't record that often, but um, generally that's the, that's the goal. And so from there, um, once we're actually in class, I hit record, they take it away. Um, I will say I do play a part behind the scenes because I do actually take that raw material and actually do edit it out for dead air, throw in the music behind it. But that's really it. Um, I did ask if anyone was kind of interested in doing that sort of thing, knowing about volunteered and I don't I don't push. So um, I volunteered to keep that part of it. So, yeah, I do add the background music after I get their audio, edit it out for dead air, um, create little marketing promo type things to try to generate some excitement about it um i played some recently actually for them because I, I thought that they were listening apparently they, they, they like participating but many of them express i don't like hearing my own voice so not all the time do they go back and actually listen to it because they were there they were there they had the discussion and i i get that i understand it um but when they heard the promos they were oh flim that's your hot i'm like yeah it's your podcast it's your voices all i'm doing is taking your audio and throwing in some music behind it some background music and whatnot but um yeah so that's the extent that's that's kind of our roles they take all the conversation away the topics i just kind of spearhead the the background type stuff and that also came from feedback from them they actually wanted me more involved in it even even speaking and I, I I did kind of stand firm on that that I, that I wouldn't speak. I'll stay behind the mic, you know, in the sound booth, so to speak, and um, and they'll take care of everything else. Even deciding not to record, for example, I remember several weeks they had long weeks and they just weren't feeling it. Not a problem. It's your podcast, you know. I don't take offense either way. So that's kind of how it goes. And then um, take a few hours to. Uh, to listen to it, edit, like I said, put it out there for the for the world to hear. Sounds like a lot of veteran teacher moves there, <laughs> with the uh, student voice and choice using the um, reflection and the feedback uh, all through Google Form, which is so easy to use, mm. and most importantly, it's all student directed, all student engaged. So this is a beautiful thing that. I'm not saying anybody should go out and just take the same thing and do it because mm. it's not going to be the same thing. Right. Like you got to mm. make it for your, you got to set it up for your kids to make it kind of unique to them. Like, like you mm. mentioned with the little hooks in there for the uh, advertisements started mm. cracking up when they were going off. I was <laughs> like, this is great. This is like exactly how I would picture a podcast at the high school level. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, like, I have I've, no words for it. I just started laughing. I was like, this is great. I've learned a lot. Let me tell you something. Because like I said, knew nothing about podcasting. What's, so it's been a lesson for me. It's been a lesson for them. Not a hard lesson, just a lesson, you know, um, in, in this. Knew nothing about, well, knew a little bit about Anchor. Not, not much at all to be an expert in it. But yeah, we were learning as we were going. And like I said, they, they've been involved in, in that learning process the entire time. Like I said, offering feedback. Um, sometimes they're very critical of one another. And we did our best to create an environment where that was okay for us mm -hmm. to be critical of one another. And and I think, I think COM 101, that's our class, I think they're fine with that. They understand that nothing's personal, that we're mature enough to 
express our views in such a way that it's not an attack, but just a critique for us to grow better as a class. And they're a great, great group of students at Martin Luther King. It's awesome to hear. And if some of you haven't picked up, like the, the school I teach at is one of the feeders to his high school. So it's it kind is. Of a fun connection at that too, that hopefully will grow or maybe yes. next year, the next two <laughs> years, you'll start having some students that I knew. And mm, well, that'd be good. <laughs> that'll be entertaining. Yes, indeed. They'll be like, wait, you know him? Yeah, well, that, that I do. <laughs> <laughs> then kids get all freaked out. They're like, how, oh, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i guess like what would you recommend to a teacher that would want to venture out and try this for their class what would you mm. want them to know if i can do it <laughs> <laughs> if i can do it knowing nothing about creating editing or publishing a podcast whatsoever whatsoever um, then you can do it. Um, I would definitely urge the student-centered piece because sometimes if the teacher is the one dictating everything, the response might not be as um, it might not be as widely accepted among among the students. But because this was their baby, you know, I made a suggestion. I've even suggested episodes which they did not take me up on. So, just, <laughs> which was again, it's totally okay. I'm like, wouldn't it be great if no, Flem? Oh, okay, sure. You, you're right. <laughs> it is your podcast. Um, but yeah, um, you know, our approach was just to dive right into it. I know not everyone's personality is is that type. So, if you're interested in it, one, do it. Whether it's looking into YouTube videos for how to start a podcast or taking the approach that I did by diving right into it and learning as you go, um, you can do it. And if you're going to do it, my uh, my urge would be to have it completely student-centered and focused. Give them examples of podcasts that are out there. Use us. <laughs> Use us if you want. A shameless Good. plug, right? <laughs> Since we're here talking about <laughs> it. It's behind the eyes of our youth. Anchor.fm slash call 101. Um but yeah, if you want to go right ahead and it could be about anything, but again, I would, I would keep it student centered and focused. Let their voices be the ones, not just on, on the mic, but in the decision-making behind the scenes as well. Um, and if you, uh, unlike me, if you, if you have great students who can, um, uh, uh, who, who volunteer to do the editing and all that, go for it, go for it. I have great students, but none, none volunteered to do the editing and all that, which was fine as well. Like I said, I'm willing, more than willing to, uh, to uh, play my part in, in helping them look great. And we could, I guess we could, um, I don't want to say yell at, but let the uh, tech people and the uh, computer teachers and music teachers be like, you could teach podcasting and you could mm-hmm. turn it into a whole little thing and have like little pods going around. So true. Uh, that'd be kind of interesting. It would be very interesting. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I really don't know how I'm going to pivot when we go back into the building. I'll be thinking about that. Um, but yes, making use of, of the tech folks um, at King or, or whatever school you're at um, to kind of get that ball rolling and start early. So I probably should be thinking about that now for next year. Um, and that's if the next group is even interested in podcasting to begin with. I'm going to make the pitch. Um, but they might, like I said, I, I put 
newsletter out there, you know, school paper, podcast, you know, none caught, but a podcast. Um, so if they're even interested, um, I suppose I'll begin thinking about it now. Do you think um, the reason why the podcast kind of caught, kind of got, you know, caught on was like, because uh, it is like vocalized, like oratory, like just, I always felt like when I worked with my high school students, if it was any time it was like a debate or anything, mm. all about it. Mm-hmm. You'll write yeah. a paragraph. Mm-hmm. How many sentences? Two? <laughs> and you're like, what? what are you talking about? It's like, you know, at least four sentences. Like, yeah, you can get away with like a two sentence paragraph, but I know you're playing with me right now and I don't yeah. want you playing. Like, yeah. be real here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do think because it's, it was, it was more vocal. Um, and the class that I have, they're very opinionated. I told them that, and I told them I don't mean this in a negative way at all. I said, you're a very opinionated class. You have a lot of strong, strong opinions about different things, some of which I may agree with, others of which I may not agree with. But that that makes for even a stronger society when we can have this, this discourse like this. Um, but I do think the vocal part of it, and I think once, I think once, we started publishing and I actually started letting them know that people were actually interested in their voice and the things that they were saying. I think they started to value what they had to say more, even, even though they have expressed that they don't particularly like their voice. Um, I said, that's fine. <laughs> Just don't let it silence you <laughs> because it is very, very important that you speak up on issues that are of importance to you, whatever they are, because a closed mouth does not get fed. And so um, I do think it's because it was, it's vocal, it's, like you said, oratory, um, that I think that that's what caught on. Like I said, the, the school newspaper thing didn't catch, neither did a newsletter. And perhaps because it was more writing, and we do ask them to do quite a bit, you know, school-wide. But yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would be curious what their response would be to seeing if they would find... I guess, interested high schools throughout the city to engage with, because you know, as just much as I do that the gun violence in the city is very predicated on block and neighborhood mm-hmm. and trying to like, you were just uh, kind of describing is developing that voice, making those connections and connecting and making change. And like when I taught at Auden Reed in South Philly, it was a block by block basis so could this be like a tool for students to connect more and try to like fight or erode those old rivalries and such? Mm, mm. Um, that, that's a good idea. Um, I, I took notes just now. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, listen, I'm with it. And that is definitely something that I would propose to them to see if they wouldn't mind connecting with students from other schools um, to discuss that and and other things um especially with the increased violence which has taken a very very real toll on our students across the city Mm -hmm. um martin luther king we've lost students this year we've lost relatives of students this year um i lost i believe one maybe two who i had and and really will miss this year alone um so, yeah, I think that would make for an interesting discussion and 
And our goal lately has been in different assignments, not just with some of our podcast episodes, but to be solutions oriented. So this definitely, that would definitely lend itself to something like that. Um, and I don't have any problem proposing it to him. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And, and I'll give credit to where credit is due, where the idea came from. <laughs> Probably like, who's that guy? Yeah. Like, well, like, if you were at Roosevelt, like you yeah, might have had him. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it's like, I guess it was a week ago. Yeah, it was a week ago. Uh, an old student that I had that I taught for one year that played mm-hmm. basketball, mm-hmm. like she was killed and mm-hmm. like that funeral was last week and you're <laughs> seeing like the tolls and the numbers and oh, how much goodness. is like directed mostly to teenagers and mm-hmm. seeing all the violence like in that group. And it's, yes, it's I couldn't imagine growing up in that. Like, yeah, just, yeah. and it's, and it's there, it's, it's their reality. And I think, you know, pedagogically speaking, if, if educators teach with that in mind, that there is real trauma, we are in a very unique school year that I don't think any of us will ever forget for as long as we live. 100% virtual, in the middle of a global pandemic, racial, social, political unrest, and increased violence in our city, that takes a toll. You, 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 we, we cannot teach the same way um, that we've been teaching with all of this in mind. And if we're trying to do that, then, I, then TBH, shame on us. If we're trying to still proceed like everything is normal, even in a good year, there's a degree of trauma that occurs in our neighborhoods and, and, and in the world. But I think it's just been exacerbated by this pandemic and by 100% um, online learning. Um, and I think if, if, if podcasting is a way to teach communication skills in a different way that allows for them their voices to be heard and published, because actually was hesitant publishing it out to the world until someone said, go ahead. Like, okay, sure, you're right. <laughs> um, but yeah, if this is a different way to teach, then I'm with it. Um, but we have to embrace new pedagogy for, for these new times that we're in. You're absolutely correct. And I mean, I don't want to go too deep into what we experience from top down <laughs> from <laughs> 440, but <laughs> we know that as a whole, we can do worlds better. And I yes. think that does start with that demonstration of how interconnected the subjects are and mm-hmm. teachers leading the way with developing that community gate community based mm-hmm. curriculum yes and specifically pedagogy that is interconnected and linked from class to class yeah. to reinforce provide that environment but i get it, it i totally understand it does take a community including those at 440 you are absolutely correct but like i said we do we don't have to go down that rabbit hole if we don't want to um but yes it does take a community <laughs> boom i mean that's i mean that's pretty much it right i mean mm-hmm. i don't even think i have anything else to add i think that was just like a perfect kind of ending is there anything you want to flip and ask me i, I like always like to do this because i feel like sometimes the host just either a sits back or b even talks too much during a podcast and sometimes the guest has a question they want to flip it so i'm just gonna leave that up so i didn't have one so i will i will ask this um will you think about doing something like this next year 
or at least idea gathering or perhaps suggesting it to other colleagues? I think this is actually going to turn into a conversation. Um, so personally, what I started doing about two weeks ago was we have a big gated section that had a garden in it. Mm -hmm. And depending how things roll next year, I want to use the garden as like a space for community mm -hmm. and healing. Mm -hmm. And realistically, you could throw a podcast. That'd be kind of cool to do it in the garden. Absolutely. Also, I just want to have like a space for students to be, to have control. So it's like the same thing as the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be sending out uh, Google forms and getting the K to eight to vote on what are we putting in the garden? How are we going to run it? Having student council part of it. And just having that as a space too. So mm -hmm. we could create a podcast on gardening. If Man, absolutely. <laughs> I, when you, as soon as you said it, and I have a little bit of a green thumb, I got excited. I'm like, that's actually perfect. And then the, 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 the ambiance of birds chirping in the background, you know, of, of, of the sound of people digging in dirt. Oh my goodness. And then getting, re man, absolutely. <laughs> I hope it, I hope it pans out that way too. I, there's a lot of work like if you've seen on uh my twitter it was a nightmare i have, I have. now i have like massive mounds of weeds and like dead vines all like in piles like got mm. pear trees coming oh got people hooking me up with some stuff nice now it's to prevent the adults from taking over because when the adults take over you know it's a short-term project for mm. personal needs and personal mm. wants versus a long-term community-based thing. And that's just how I look at things mm -hmm. because that garden, that existed before I got there. Right. That thing has been overgrown for at least two to three years. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to assume, and yes, I'm assuming that mm -hmm. when they built that garden, it was adults directing everything. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you don't have students there to support you, adults get tired. This is true. And students can really take ownership of that and do some cool stuff. But. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to send you um, information uh, from uh, my previous school of a group who's done that sort of thing and involving students. So I'll send you that information Ooh, offline. Sources. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is a great spot for us to stop. Once again, I appreciate it. You dropping in. I feel like we need to make these connections more throughout the district from mm. school to school, even from subject to subject and kind of showcasing the cool stuff that we can do and really make changes. So thank you. Absolutely. And thanks for having me. Appreciate you. All right. I guess we'll let that music drop in any moment now and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. I have no idea where it's going to go, but it might go down a rabbit hole into a garden. I don't know. All right. Well, thank you. And until uh, next time.